Hello everyone, welcome to 4630. Uh, my name is James Yorkson. Also in the house we have Triassic Tusk, Stephen Marshall, and our irregular guest, Phil Jupiter. Hello boys, how are you? Irregular. Stephen, how, how's things been since... Firstly, Happy New Year, Stephen Marshall. <laughs> Thanks very much, Phil. Happy New Year. How, how, uh, how are things down at uh, what I like to think of as Scotland's premier brewery? Oh, it's really, really quiet. No, well, it turns we out we know that because there's a plague on. Yeah, but, it mean, turns out people don't come drinking in January. What I like about your little brewery operation you've got down there is you are like a happy elf <laughs> scampering around. You're you're either playing with your records or your kombucha or your bits and bobs. Whenever I you know have passed by, I like to swing by and just stick my head through your door. I go, hello, Stephen, and you're always doing something exciting, mm -hmm. and you've got your little fire on as well. Yeah, it was nice it's and cosy today. Do you know what? I was so um, I was I was obviously so cosy today that I was upstairs listening to records, um, mm. and just thinking, just listening to records, and somebody came by and tried to come and buy beer, um, and I didn't hear them. Did he just take it and give, leave a pound or something? What did he do? <laughs> Yeah, he just he, well the door the door is open because I'm in. Yeah. So he he opened the door. Obviously, um, I didn't hear him shout, and he he left three pounds and took a can of beer. <laughs> so this, what? I what a just, marvelous! Maybe just put them I, outside and do an honesty box outside. I, can I just say that I think the beer honesty box is one of your shabbier ideas. <laughs> <laughs> It's like one of the old uh, cigarette uh, confectionery machines when you'd put two quid in oh, and yeah. you get a packet of fags. Yeah. You may get into trouble with the yeah. police for it. Oh, Stephen, a vending beer machine. Come on. Or, yeah, there's a vegetable honesty box across, there is. across from my bit. But that's vegetables <laughs> as opposed to your powerful, powerful booze. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I've been though. stealing vegetables from that farm for years. <laughs> I haven't. Let me just say, I've, I, I've, I, um, there's the um, upper. I can't remember where it is, but the strawberry shed. Oh yeah, the other side of the other side of Pit and Weem. I, I walk up there and I get strawberries in the summer, and they've actually got vending machines yeah. now. I don't know if that's if if they've got the vending machines because the honesty box wasn't working out well for them. I'm not sure, but the vending machines are great because they're refrigerated. Just get oh. lovely chilli strawberries. What I do is I buy three punnets and I eat a punnet on the way home. Yeah. I stop in the field like a little feral bear and eat my strawberries. Like Winnie like the Pooh. Well, I eat like honey, but I take your point. Um, is it? Can you have them? Um, what is it if you're intolerant to honey? Is there a word for it? Oh, I, I think that's not. just probably normal. Nobody likes honey. Um, yeah. They, I started reading um, Winnie the Pooh last night. Um, yeah. I don't know if you've... Difficult to a child or yeah, to yourself? No, no, to to a child. It's really difficult to, to read. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's incredibly difficult to read, isn't it? Yeah, because it's... it's because it's written in whatever person it's written in. And so you're saying, okay, um, like the, whoever you're reading it to is meant to be Christopher Robin. But that's yeah. But Christopher well, Robin's also are, featured. What in you it. need to do, uh, it's one of the few children's books that a parent reads to a child actually probably has to rehearse in the morning <laughs> while the child is not there. <laughs> Just do a quick run through yourself, make some notes in the margin. 
my mother had a range of voices that she was very, very good at. I really don't know why we don't get on so well now because her Winnie the Pooh readings to me, I mean, I've got very fond memories of them. And she, she what was it, Eeyore? Eeyore sounded, yeah, pretty much like Winnie the Pooh, really. Um, so, no, she didn't stretch too far, going to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> Piglet was squeaky. <laughs> Kanga was posh. Christopher Robin was normal. Uh. At a, an, an intro, right, a Winnie the Pooh diversion. You know um, the A.A. Milne poem, Halfway Up the Stairs? Yeah. yeah. Uh, you, many of your listeners may be more familiar with the Kermit the Frog yeah, version. Exactly. That's wrong. That's, that would be wrong. Oh, dear. Um, anyway, <laughs> I have been, I have sat on that staircase that that poem was written about at A.A. Um, Milne's house in London where um he wrote it so i've sat and not only that i've got a winnie the pooh that i bought in harrods where a.a milne bought his bear for christopher robin and i christopher milne and i have walked up the stairs dragging the bear behind me bump 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 on the stairs like christopher robin did edward the bear i i didn't realize that a milne um lived in london uh, I imagine that yeah. book has been quite. He had, a, he had a place in um, in in Surrey, um, which was the house where Brian from the Rolling Stones drowned. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Um, that that was where Milne used to live. Yeah, this is all interesting. Oh, it is. It's good. Yeah. And um, I say interesting is really stretching it. Anyway, and yeah, and uh, uh, but you also had a place in London. Have, um, have you so, swam in that pool, Phil? Have you swam in that? I, I had a float, had a float. <laughs> as a tribute to Brian. <laughs> I'm um, the thing that I'm surprised just about with my head down. Is that <laughs> just just Kanga to me isn't just, isn't posh. Kanga to me is Australian. Australian. She's is she Australian. Kanga Rizzle. like Dame Edna. She's yeah. like Dame Edna. She's got a little little puppy called Roo. Let's go hopping. Um, the it's problem, not a puppy. It's a child. I know, but the problem that I have is that um, with most of the books, when I'm reading them, I also improvise bits and bobs and then um the other part of the problem with me reading children improvise books, around a.a milne yeah the, a, a, the audacity against any big any any brass book. balls on you for a dad christ the, the, the problem <laughs> yeah, is you the, know what to me milne hadn't really nailed this book <laughs> let me add something to it for fuck's sake the, <laughs> yeah this is yeah it's phoning it in milne <laughs> but the problem is that i fall asleep as well so while I'm reading the book, um, I fall asleep, and then and then Sorley or Isabella, whoever I'm reading to, has to nudge me, or um, like, well, nudge me to keep me awake. Do you, are you drunk when you read these stories to your children? Not always, no. <laughs> Not always. <laughs> All right, because <laughs> right in which. Steve, the hip-hop rabbit, arrives at the Hundred Acre Wood. Whoa, my peeps, said Steve the rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> For fuck's sake, I make bits up. <laughs> oh, God. It's funny you say that, God actually. God love I did, you, Stephen Marshall. I taught, um, I actually did teach Sorley something about hip I taught him that um, whenever you see a cat in the street, um, the thing that cats really like is if you beatbox... Um, so he still now, um, whenever he sees Beatboxes a cat, at cats. yeah. So whenever he sees a cat, he does this. 
That's amazing. <laughs> just because he, he thinks that's really like it. It's very, Those of you listening very 2.46.30 who have listened many times before, <laughs> you, you, you're, you're all right. You're like, yeah, they're doing their usual thing. Those of you that have not listened before that are still, that are still here, firstly, congratulations. Secondly, this is, this is not standard operating procedure of the podcast uh we are here uh this week this week is something of a special yeah special um, edition of the podcast um uh, because we are turning our attention inwards if you will but not in a narcissistic way we're turning uh um, our our judgmental gaze upon one of our honorable number uh mr james yorkston yeah um who's new waxing is, is, is it out now, James? Has it finally been released? Has it hit the, is it in the shops? By the time this comes out, it'll be released. I, but it's been sent out. So some folk have got it already. And it, come, mm-hmm. it comes Hurrah. out on Friday. Yeah. And I'm hoping that um, this will come out early next week. But there's been a... The title of the, your new album is... The Wide, Wide River. Recorded with... The Second Hand Orchestra. And they are from... Stockholm in Sweden. Excellent. How many of them are listening just now? KJ will be listening. KJ listens. KJ was a guest on this show. Actually, I'm not sure if we if we managed to use his his uh, his um, his episode. Did we? Could we use it? I yeah, we did. Oh, it cool. Is. All right. Yeah. Um, yeah. KJ listens. I think some of the others listen as well because it's you know this is a very well respected podcast. I imagine so. I mean, as um, the time and effort put into it is <laughs> palpable. But this is so, and obviously this one. This is the highlight of the year. The, the whenever we do the focus on a JY album, I, that's I love always it when the we highlight. Look at of the a JY year. album, it's really, really well. Good. The last one, I know you're mocking slightly, but the last one, <laughs> no, uh, the Roots, the Harmonium, has had more listeners than uh, any of the other podcasts. Yes, this <laughs> this is going to be the biggest. Then it could be Should the we, biggest. Now we've got Winnie the Pooh. We've got a regular. Not only Winnie the Pooh, not only Winnie the Pooh, but uh, but the Triassic Tusk remix. We've got the of Winnie the Pooh and House at Pooh. We've got the funniest story that that um, Stephen's ever told about teaching his children to beatbox when they see cats. So this this one's is, this one's going to be a hit. This is on fire. Um, um, yes. Uh, so. Um, oh. I, th- I feel it's beholden upon myself and Stephen to have something of a chat with James about the uh, so this this uh, the process of making the album um, in association um, uh, with the Second Ad Orchestra. How did that come about? Basically, I was on tour in Germany, and um, Carl said, "Would you like to come over to Stockholm and do a show?" And I thought, oh, "It's a bit of a journey, you know, because it's two extra flights. I could have been at home in Scotland, and I didn't really want to go." Just for one gig to Sweden. So we said, oh, we'll set up a day recording. I said, okay, that sounds cool. So we just went along and, you know, I had the usual choices. I could do covers or old versions, new versions of old songs. And I just went for, I just said, I'll write some new songs. And uh, yeah. at the gig itself, we had, they came on stage and backed me for maybe three songs. And and yeah. then we were in the studio the next day, and uh, we recorded five songs in one day. So that that's pretty much how it came back. Then, like three months later, I was back on tour again, and uh, Carl was saying, "Oh, you have to come over and you have to listen to these songs. They're really good." So uh, I listened to them, and I thought, "Yeah, man, we should finish this. We should make it into an album." And that's pretty much how it happened. Mm. 
So, how long between the kind of process of sort of having these sort of ad hoc recording sessions that were sort of firing you up and Domino knowing about it? What was the how how regular a contact do you have with Domino when you're working on a Domino? You know, Domino didn't know anything about it. That they uh, they only came on board at the very end when we we had four days in total, and they came on board for the last two, which were um, to pay for one extra day in the studio to do Ella Mary Leather and then use yeah. the final day to uh, to mix anything on the album that we that we needed and mixed. So Domino, yeah. they were amazing, but they didn't know anything about it. But as soon as they heard it, they were like, oh, this is great. We really want to work with this. Well, you know, rightly so. It's just a bloody lovely piece of work. Um, I'm, I'm interested as to, you know, um, when someone like yourself who is... Uh, um, Obviously, we know you work with YTK and you know all the the uh, and your solo stuff and everything. You know, suddenly being in that situation where you're in the studio with how, how many are in the second hands? How many of them are there? Uh, I think the first session there's about seven, and then the second session there was about another seven. But uh, there were, they there was like four. There was maybe four, five, four people who were there the whole time, and then the other people were just people who came and went. I mean, people would turn up and just one one person came up and just talked for ages and ages and then left. <laughs> and, and I don't, even, <laughs> I don't, I, I don't actually think they're on the album, but um, <laughs> but yeah, that was a bit weird. <laughs> I, I, I remember thinking, "Who's that?" Yeah, no, no. Um, but they were very, very nice, very pleasant uh, company. But yeah, I don't think they're on the album. But there's some great people on it. I mean, the my. No, I can't really pick favourites out. But but if I were to pick out two who I thought were really exceptional, it, actually, you know, I'm, I can't do it. There's too many. Thinking about it, there's just too many great people involved. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, I'm interested as to, you know, what it must feel like when you're in a position of, you know, obviously when you're working in the home studio and you're out on the road on your own, as you, you, you strike a solitary figure, James. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm just fascinated by the idea of you in a large group dynamic, um, you know, um, and how that how that feels, you know, it, it, with so much of your working process being solo. It worked well, Phil. I mean, the thing is, I didn't know it was going to work well until maybe halfway through the first verse and I, I played them a song which was there is no upside and i started playing it and then they just joined in and it all of a sudden it sounded really good as if they knew what they were doing and uh yeah, yeah. i just i kind of went in with a with a frame of mind that if i was confident and comfortable around them then they'd be confident and comfortable around me and you know, I couldn't really go in and say, oh, I'm, I'm dead nervous, by the way. I'm really scared, you know. So I rehearsed the lot songs quite a lot, and and they fed off that, you know. They fed off that energy and that kind of um, feel. That The the first thing that struck me about the album, um, which uh, I've listened to at least three times a day, every day this week. Wow. Um, and I think it's a brilliant album, by the way. Thank you. I absolutely love it. But the first thing that struck me about it was, A, um, how confident you sounded hmm. on it. And the second thing was, um, it's a kind of cliche, but how, like how organic it sounded. I, you could tell that it wasn't practised. You yeah. could tell that it was totally. people playing. You could tell it was really um, very good musicians playing 
uh, and and improvised, but also knowing what to do when they were doing it. It, it felt like a great classic album to me. Uh, I was really I was really pleased actually. And the the first song, so I listened to it in the wrong order. So the first um, song that I listened to was "There Is No Upside," yeah, yeah, yeah. and I thought, oh, that's an amazing way to open an album. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then I realised mm. I'd listened to the wrong side. But. Yeah, uh, there was talk about putting that at the beginning. You know, the thing about the musicians was, like everyone else, musicians can get nervous and, and kind of... Uh, and, and there's a, the, a great imposter syndrome thing with musicians, especially when it's a situation like that. And quite often when, when one finds oneself in a, a group of musicians like that, a lot of them will be playing as many notes as they possibly can just to kind of show off, look, I'm a musician too! <laughs> and... Uh, None of the second-hand orchestra went anywhere near doing any of that. In fact, most of them were completely silent until the song started. There, there wasn't any sort of showing off or anything. It, it was as, as though they were all there to serve the songs. In the same way, like if Umu Sankare came and played over here and asked us to play with her, we'd be like, okay, tick. that's fine, tick. <laughs> or Michael Hurley or Anne Briggs or Jacques Brel or Tim <laughs> Crazy Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> that's it, that's it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> if you're playing uh, 4630 Bingo, there's your, there's uh, five drinks in a row that's, here. Yeah, I, was gonna say, that's, I, don't, I don't even have a drink in front of me, but that would have been me done. But... And and anybody from any of uh, the uh, music websites or publications who might be listening um, and is looking for a new um, James Yorkson aphorism, the Michael Hurley of Sweden <laughs> might be one that you could pop um, that you could pop into a review <laughs> next time you're writing about it. Anyway, uh, taken from the album, this is uh, the track we've uh, all just been talking about, and this is "There Is No Upside." Are we recording? Yeah. Okay. Here we go. To stay and those who leave, I remain. But we got swept away. There is no downside. What do I mean? There is no upside There is no upside There is no upside
And I can read the wrong mm, But it's all against All against my will Up and scupper, up and scupper There is no downside What do you mean? There is no upside There is no upside There is no upside Times three plus four Thanks to the secret beach We're going swing from the secret beach And the old gal's lament In my thin maniacal charity suit I wow the crowd But I do not swallow I do not swallow I do not swallow A holy word St. Patrick came between us of hallowed healers, shallow pasty faced revealers, convenient stealers. And I have felt that many times I was jumped upon from behind, heard wings banjo, misinformed, abandoned and maligned. And this fellow's family was just one curiosity. There is no downside There is no upside There is no upside And this fellow's family was just one curiosity What do you mean? There is no upside. There is no upside. There is no
There is no upside There is no upside Um uh, there is no upside which um um uh, uh, what a what a what a pertinent song that is right now oh, it's to the world James it's mm. so really world. I think um there's the bit I, I I just that um the bit of aggression that was in there and it, it reminds me I suppose it reminded me of I by dogs hmm. and I just thought, yeah that's exactly what I wanted to hear I was really pleased with that um, Stephen, I mean, from your point of view, as you know, someone that runs a label, when, and and quite often, you know, you um, you are wont to share music with us that has either been, you know, sent to you or, you or you've discovered, you know, your passion for music is something that comes through with your, your curation of the label. When with, when you when a mate, what is is there a kind of is there a tension when when you know James gets in touch with you guys? Oh, I've been working on some new stuff. Would you ever listen for me? You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna send it over. Do you get nervous? No. Ever, when he said, no, I do you just think get, I get excited. Comfortable pair of hands, steady hand on the tiller. We're gonna be all right, as James. I think uh, I think when you're not, I'm never really sure what to expect um, of any. Whenever James puts out a new album, so mm. you know, even although I've got, I think I have every thing that James has ever released. Uh, I don't. Oh no, I'm missing one album that I couldn't afford to buy at the time. And now I still can't afford to buy a time. But which one's um, that, Stephen? Which one are you missing? Oh, the one that came with the backgammon. Oh, I was a cat from a book. No. Okay, sorry. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Not that one then. I've got that one. Oh, I don't know which one it is then. Uh, the Cross. Celadite Recording or Sailing Society. Yeah. All right. That okay, one. that's quite good. Because it because it came in a it had a, it was like a big fancy box thing so I, I couldn't afford it at the time yeah, yeah. Um, no I think uh, but this this album even although I remember when James went over and was recording this I was still I think I was really surprised at how it sounded because um, I, I, I remember the first time I heard, uh, heard the stuff from it and I, I was I, I was because I, I believe that uh, when we first spoke about them um, and we were talking about the fact that it wasn't, you know, there is the Yorkson that the world out there knows and loves, the mournful, introspective, the miserable fucker. But what I'm saying is, is that what I liked about uh, is these, these, these felt like pop tunes almost. They were, they were getting in that zone now. These were totally. There, there was kind of, part you know, of that was necessity, I think, Phil, because... I was aware that if I went over there with with things that weren't very obvious, it was going to be a lot harder to get the guy, the band, to plug into. So yeah. if it was kind of two chord rambles with a with a kind of shouty chorus, not a shouty chorus, but with a chorus basically, I thought it was going to be a lot easier for yeah, the yeah. band to bite into, and and it worked. You yeah. know, they they did pretty much. I mean, but I mean, what they added what, as a band, what they added was extraordinary. I mean. There's that song, A Very Old Fashioned Blues, and um, mm. Emma Nordenstam's vocal on that was just, yeah, it was incredible, you know? Hey, so that actually, yeah. um, that was one of the questions that I had a little note that I wanted to ask you about yeah. with reference to this album was, um, I really liked that part of it. I liked the, the kind of chorus and the vocals, extra vocals that came onto it. But um, was there, is there, who, who's been your um, favourite 
singer to work with from that point of view? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Favourite would just come down to whoever was the most fun. I, d- I don't know. Okay, um, who's been the most fun then? Uh, <laughs> 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 you, you know, the person who surprised me the most when, when, I, when they were, I was working with them as a vocalist was uh, Katie Tunstall. Not because, not because she was good, but because she was absolutely incredibly good. And I thought she was going to be like as good as Kenny or Johnny or one of these people, you know, who are very, very good singers. You know, that's the level I thought she was going to be. But she was way beyond that. She she was one of the most um, skilled, uh, talented vocalists. Well, the most talented vocalist I've ever worked with by a long shot. Those, um, that Ivor Cutler um, documentary did you were on with her the you know her musical passions one yeah. the her her singing on that um moved me to tears oh that's I mean, good uh, that was uh, that was incredible stuff yeah I, I absolutely love her voice and um obviously her a her, her popular music isn't really the style of music i i listen to but there's one album of hers that we've played on this show a few times uh that um that i am a fan of but yeah she was she is uh the one that stands out when you ask that. But then, of course, the the most fun for singing with would have been Kenny and Johnny as a three chords, you know, when we were doing the harmonies together. That was easily the most fun. But then I suppose you can't, you're discussing this and then you, you have to mention Sahel Yusuf Khan because, because you know, mm, yeah. he's got like an eight octave range and he's just like extraordinary. But that's Sufi singing. It's, it's a different, a different thing. It's a different thing. I mean, is that sense that um, you know when you when you looking at a, a new project, does there have to be an element of this can't be like the last one? To some, is is it important that you embrace newness in when you're taking a new body of songs forward? No, all I solely try and do is follow what I'm thinking what I'm interested in because if I'm interested in it it's going to be the it's going to be a lot easier you know I mean the worst thing would be imagine if uh, one of the albums did all of a sudden did really well and then he had to go and do another album with him had to do another album with him and I kind of fell into that with um, with uh, a few things like the Green Man Festival we always used to end with a wig out because one year we'd ended with a wig out and it was amazing. And you just find yourself kind of backing yourself into a corner artistically. So I just have to look forwards and and uh, follow where the, where the interest lies. You know, it, it's not really looking for something new. It's more looking, it's just seeing what happens, you know. I mean, it's a shame about this, this uh, secondhand orchestra thing because of the COVID. We're never really going to get to tour it. And no. Yeah. I mean, we may do in the future. We may we may get out and do a few things. But by then, I mean, who knows when we're going to be able to tour again? Yeah. So I don't know. It may be, it may just be a one off thing, which would be a shame because I, I would like to spend some more time with them. I would like to record with them more. We'll see what happens. Phil, you should know that James doesn't always need to do something new because he's always recycling his lyrics. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Wow, that's 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 it. That's um, that's your first warning. Okay, we're going to give you a first warning there, Stephen. I'm just writing that just, down. Just just listen out for how many paper, times yeah. 
he uses the phrase I wish you well in songs yeah I probably okay. I do but that's because I'm a loving guy man that's because I do wish people well the only reason you well I, I know one person he doesn't wish well right now <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, you're, absol- you're right, Stephen. It's like how many times I say beautiful on this podcast. <laughs> people have <laughs> people have their own expressions, you know, and I'm sure I do say I wish you well, you know. It's, the thing is, you can't, I don't think I can worry about things like that, but you just have to go on with it. No, you don't worry about, hmm, that man says I wish you well in... Seventeen percent of his songs. No, the only reason that, <laughs> the only reason that I know that um, is because um, I actually listen. Like the the lyrics are so incredible that I I sit and read them and I listen to them in the same way that I I I, I used to do as I was a when I was a teenager when I used to sit with records and read the lyrics. Whereas there are some people's lyrics that I would wouldn't even countenance reading. Hmm. Yeah, the more melodies. Yeah. Yeah, well, thank you, Stephen. I, I I do try and make the thing which I've always had with lyrics. And I'm sure it's the same with Phil with his uh, stand-up and his poetry, is that it has to mean something, or else you're just blabbering nonsense. Mm. And uh, yeah. and if if you're doing that, it can it can feel very hollow on stage. And uh, so that's why I've always tried. You know, I did this recording once with a guy. I'm sure you know this story, Stephen. Uh, there was a bunch of us shoved into a household to write songs, and we went around. We went around working with each other, and it was a lot of fun, you know. And then one guy, we were in the room, and he said, "It doesn't matter what you write, so long as it's um, what did he say? So long as it sounds vaguely poetic." Oh, oh. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean that it that that was a that was a. I mean I didn't know the guy, but I mean he, he fell he fell in my in my estimation. You know I, I was a, a, an awful thing. No the lyrics are lyrics are very important to me. Um, I mean I wish I had a good singing voice like Kenny or Kate or Johnny or any of these people, but I don't. But I lyric. Have you ever read this book? No. It's got. Um, no. Could you show? Could you show it to the microphone so the listeners can uh, can see it? See it. John Le Carre, The Russia House. Stephen Marshall is playing a copy of John Le Carre's The Russia House. So um, I'm reading it just now, but it has some of um, some of my, my lyrics. Favorite, favorite ever writing. Um, but there's a a line here. He's talking about how he loves Russians, mm. and and he says because of their love of anarchy, and their terror of chaos and the tension in between, which I, I think is an incredible. It, it just totally reminds me of every Russian that I've ever known. Okay, that's all. Good stuff. Shall we? Shall we play mm-hmm. another song from the? Are we recording? I. Th- oh, I think. Are you uh, still recording, Stephen? Yeah, I think. Yes, but I wasn't sure if we'd started. Okay, well, let's play... Um, I like the little, a little book review in the middle. I yeah, think it's totally. something that you should, you should certainly carry forward in the podcast. Um, we, we mentioned uh, just now, um, uh, in the, the, uh, our second chunk of chat, we did mention uh, uh, this particular cut. This is uh, track seven from the album. This is a very old-fashioned blues. Robert's in the sin bin. He's got a very old 
fashion blues Singing karaoke with Mary Magdalena And I dare not ask the question Should I know the way? Are the fear never leaves you? We regret to inform you Are you all good and young and sweet? But the company you keep is the devil And what could possibly attract you to this? Come and talk with me I have a system and my brother You need some looking after As if I'm some kind of saint Just have another drink And we'll live happy ever after and this love is for you, Dan Addiction isn't for everyone, it seems And I hate to see you hurting Cracks And you, Amy, a little, did you know that? We shared no bedroom, just lipstick, regret and cigarette She was the belle of the ball But she knew the terror She knew the terror Good and young and sweet But the company she kept was the devil And what could possibly attract Just have another drink and we'll live happy ever after I took the walk outside Oh damn those hopes of mine I should have blackened his eyes Blackened his eyes Good and young and sweet But the company we keep is the devil And what could possibly attract you to this Saints, let's have another drink and 
Who's Dan? Um, I, I'll tell you off camera, if that's all right. Okay. Mm-hmm. I like the fact that this podcast still teases its <laughs> listenership with with nuggets like no, that. No, it's just so, because... Um, and also the fact that, 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 that James used the expression off camera, <laughs> which will mean <laughs> everything to everybody <laughs> listening. Um, wherever you may be, hello. Um, a big hello to anyone who's listening in the Antipodes. <laughs> Do you know um, how's it doing over there? Do you know well you know how everybody like for the last year or whatever has been doing Zoom? Okay, so um, the only person that I know of who hasn't done any kind of Zoom thing is Lucy, and today uh, we had a call from people like some a work thing that people wanted us to do a Zoom thing, and you know the Penguins film, the Penguins of Madagascar, where Dave the octopus can't get the screen to work. That that happened today on a Zoom call, where the only person that couldn't get their video to work was Lucy, and then <laughs> then tried to do a, a share. We've gone from a, a share screen, screen to the computer animated penguins of the Madagascar film. That is the breadth <laughs> of parenting that a child of Stephen Marshall gets. Everything from Milne right the way through to your CG penguins. <laughs> You're a powerful man. I have no idea what the fucking hell you're on about oh. just now. But uh, oh, well, you should. So if you Google, I, oh no, really, really. I'm, look, look, I'm getting a pen. I'm writing it down. Google Dave the Octopus. <laughs> yeah, here we go. Dave the Octopus. <laughs> writing it down. Writing it down. Getting that down right now. I'm going to make sure to watch that. You fucking pinhead. There we go. Octopus. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to be sure to fucking watch that like my lockdown isn't miserable enough. It will make you laugh. It's funny. Yeah. So, (laughs) we are talking um, with um, one of our number, the lovely James Yorkston, the the daddy, if you will, of 4630. And Stephen Marshall is the busty mum. We're talking about James's album, uh, new album, The Wide Wide River, which by the time you're listening to this podcast has been released. Mm. Although those of you out there who are James obsessives, um, you may already have your copy in front of you now. Be um, touching it. So there we are. I like the artwork, James. Um, can it fucking just um, go down something of a tangent? I very much like the... You always have fabulous, fabulous artwork on your albums, but particularly like this one. Good. There's something about it. I, I, tr- I try and have good artwork. I think um, it's something I know I can't really do myself. I'm not very good at drawing or anything. Um, so what I do is I keep my eye out when I'm walking around things like the Putnam Meme Festival or the D- Dundee University degree show 
or Edinburgh degree mm-hmm. show, anything like that, anywhere where there's some art around, if there's something that, that tickles me, I'll take a note of it, and then years later I'll phone the people up. And that's how I found um, the lady who did Navarassa. That's how I found the guy mm-hmm. who did uh, The Route to the Harmonium. Uh, but this one, John mm-hmm. Broadley, was actually recommended to me by a friend, basically. And I got in touch with him, and we, yeah. we spoke a little bit about what I fancied, and he just did it extraordinarily extraordinarily quickly. And that's the type of person I like to work with, somebody who's just going to sit down and do it, and then a week later, yeah. hand me the invoice, you know. Uh, no, I, I'm I'm nice. over the moon. I'm over the moon with it, you know. Uh, and yeah, but one of the yeah. things I try and do is because it's so easy not to buy vinyl. It's so easy not to buy CDs. It's so easy just to stream or listen to on YouTube or whatever. I, if I can make the physical product worth buying, time and time and time yeah. again, then people know that it's going to be worth buying. You know, the lyrics are going to be there. There's going to be some information. It's going to be a beautiful wee thing. And and that's just what I, that's what I try and do, especially for when I'm selling at the merch desk, because you don't, you can't sell people mm. caca, you know? No. Uh, the badges, well done on the badges. They're beautiful. Thanks, man. You, you sent, me a, sent me a wee set of them, and you know me, I'm a badge. Yeah, in, yeah. in fact, I've got a badge here. Um, um, one of my fellow students at Duncan and Jordanston, we were having... Um, uh, we were we were last semester we were watching a um there is a marvelous film called manifesto um which in which um kate blanchett is in it and she plays all these different characters and they are basically um their dialogue is taken from artist manifestos it's a feature film but it's sort of documentary quality to it but she performs aspects of artist manifestos and in one of the characters uh, she's a tramp uh and um i was chatting with one of my fellow students and, uh, and he said and i said oh what did you what did you think of the um what did you think of that kate blanchett you know film with the artist manifestos and this young girl went she went i was absolutely fine with it she went i did not like the tramp and she was like shuddering with fear and so i made her a badge I made her a badge there. I don't know if you can see that of the tramp. Oh yeah, and it says hobophobe. So that's <laughs> that's my. Little, I made her a little badge there because <laughs> she has fear of tramps, and so she's a hobophobe. So I've made her that. There we go. But yeah, your badges, my friend, beauties, and and that artist again for those of you uh, who like to keep your weather eye on what the uh, graphics designers of the UK and painters are up to. John Broadley, I believe. Bro. Broadly, broadly, broadly. I'm not. Sure. Yeah, broadly. one or t'other. Um, yeah. But no, I think he. I think he did very well. You know. Uh, in fact, yeah. I've, I've actually got someone in mind for the next for the next cover as well for the next JY thing. Sweet. So it's good to Is have the them. submarine yeah. guy. Uh, close, but no. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Oh dear lord! So, um, is it when you're in the position where, um, is it sort of nerve-wracking, James, to be in the position? Obviously, we're in the pandemic, and everyone's in something of a two and eight at the moment, particularly here in Scotland, where we've been given some additional lockdown time. Auntie Nicola thought we haven't had quite enough, and so she, no, you can stay indoors till February. Oh, you think um, it's only going to be till February, Phil? It's definitely oh, going to no, be till March. It's going to be like April, um, <laughs> April or May. It's going to be amazing. Seriously, it's going to be, it's going to be hot and sweaty and we're all going to be naked when we come out of our doors but um uh, is is does it feel weird to not be in the usual rhythm for promoting a record james the weirdest thing to to be gigging the gigging touring 
going around doing radio promo and all that sort of thing. The weirdest you know, thing Rachel. has been with this one, Domino UK have been getting loads of stuff, but so have Domino Europe and so have Domino America. Um, so I've just been absolutely swamped with promo, which is great, you know, which is amazing. And I'm over the moon with it. I'm delighted to be doing all the promo. But that has been the main yeah. difference with it, is that I've had dozens of these Zoom interviews, like like with you guys, except it's this is an interview, this is me with my pals. But And it's really just yeah. been me going upstairs at a, at a time that's on my on the calendar domino have got for me, and I click on something, and then there's somebody staring at me, and then they ask me questions for an hour. And it's been mostly really, really good. For example, I did one yesterday with Tom Robinson that um, that's coming out on BBC Six Music, by the time this comes out, yeah. that will already be out, and uh, yeah, yeah. and it was amazing speaking to Tom Robinson. And the thing about this record, which perhaps hasn't been there so much from the others ones, is it seems to have got some people who are either very good liars or actually know and really like my music. Um, so it's been very interesting just talking to these guys, and they tend to be guys like like us three, so of a certain age, who really love their music, who who just want to talk about music. So it's been easy, but at the same time, a, a little more tiring than usual. But it's better than six hours on, on the motorway to Birmingham. Yeah, definitely. But I, what I, what I was sort of apparent that I thought of, you know, when I was listening to it, was the fact that you. That your career was, I mean, how how long since you first, when did, when did your first album come out? 2002. So, I mean, th th but that's, this is a nice, this is a consistently chunky and interesting career that you have navigated. Um, is, has this, you know, um, has it, was it, was it planned thus? Because I tend to find with artists, you know. No, not at all go one way or the other you know it's 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 you go with a fair wind obviously but i was wondering about you know when you first started did you think i'm just going to ride this horse until it throws me or or what i remember when i first signed the record deal it was for it was for three albums and i my initial thought was i've got a job you know for the next six years yeah. i've got yeah. an actual job and i was over the moon because i'd been working in a bookshop and I was skint, you know, I was working part-time and I was skint. Uh, and the publishing deal, I just saw it and thought, wow, I can live off this money. So I was just like, mm -hmm. this is amazing. I, I can actually be a guy, you know, I can I can do music. That was the main thing. But I didn't mm -hmm. I didn't yeah. really relax into what I was doing until, until after I was a cat from a book. And that was because, as you know, one of my children was very ill. And um, and that really put things in a huge amount of perspective. And when I came out the other side of that, it really was just a case of, you know, you're one lucky guy and embrace that luck yeah. and get on with it. So now that's exactly what I do. I'm, I'm aware I'm so lucky being signed to Domino. I'm aware that I'm, well, that I'm aware I'm allowed to be an artist, basically. And the way I'm treating that is by saying, I am going to do exactly what I want. I'm going to treat this as an artist doing what he wants as an artist, rather than somebody wanting to get into the charts or something like that. So I'm, yeah, I'm probably yeah. not the most qualified of people to do that. Not qualified, the most commercial of people to do that. But that's how I'm doing it. I'm taking it as the gift it is, and I'm I'm running with it. So I don't, as I was kind of pointing out 
I don't really look behind at what's happened. I'm just trying to follow what's yeah. at the front and just go with whatever's exciting me at the time. You know, it's like this, if I was trying to build some mystique or something, I wouldn't be doing these 4630 podcasts where we, we just talk complete, you know, and just have a laugh, you know. If I was trying to build some mystique, like a Tom Waits character, then I'd be like, hey, man, you know. Mm. But it's just about being open and just moving forwards and, and doing yeah. the best, you know. Yeah, I find that quite interesting because there's artists that I remember, you know, um, um, that when they they start to sort of break through, and if they get, if they get sometimes with big management companies that stop them doing all the fun things that used to make them interesting artists, suddenly they're like they're being very very carefully branded and controlled Mm. and marketed. Whereas I love the fact that that with the I mean, it's it's, a, it's one of the few blessings of the internet. I quite like some artists just present themselves in such an f- endlessly fascinating way, you know, and do really interesting things. And I think there's a lot more diversification now, you know. Um, one of the things about... You know, people doing other one things. One of the things about Domino when I signed to them is they loved the fact that there was a scene here, the Fence Collective. And they, they ended up mm. signing me, uh, Kenny, uh, Unpock... They released stuff by um, Lone Pigeon. Um, not maybe that's it. Maybe there's only those four. Um, but yeah. they they totally saw the value of us having our own thing going on here. And to this day, Domino let me get on with anything I want. You know, they they've never said to me, "Oh, you have to do this or you have to do that." Uh, and I think and that's Seamus Fogarty as well. Seamus Fogarty, of course, he was on he was on Domino. Oh, he is on Domino. And, uh, and uh, Francois. Francois. That's right. So, so he's got a new album. They, they, out as they well. can see, and it, it's it's an awful thing when you. One of the things that really distresses me is when I see programs like The Voice, and I watch The Voice because I love hearing people singing, but when it gets to the stage where the judges are saying to them, "You're going to be a star. This is it. You're going to be a star. This is your life. You're you're made." It, that makes me really sad because these are very, very yeah. young people and they may have the same love of music that I have or the same love of writing or whatever that any of any of us have, you know, any of us three have. And then imagine having that lid put down on you at the age of 21 or the age of 17. Oh, you yeah. can't do it. You failed. Away you go. That would be awful. That would be absolutely awful. Oh. So I'm very lucky I don't have that. So I, 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 carry, I try and carry on, you know. It's, 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 you know occasionally you know back you know back when i was you know gigging more regularly people would you know and when you've been interviewed and things what advice would you give you know to young comedians or artists coming through and and, and uh, the the advice i give is not specifically for comedians or anyone it's for anyone that wants to enter a career in the arts as you do it because you love yeah, it yeah and do it and do it for yourself because you love it and if it is successful, then that is a happy accident. Yeah. If you are if you go looking for success, you're on a fucking island or nothing. I yeah. think, I think that's know. the same. I don't think that's even just the same in arts. I think it's the same in any, uh, yeah, I suppose. any yeah, yeah. kind of career that you choose. You, If you do it because you enjoy doing it and you accept that not all of your plans will go right and most things will become um, well, you know, more Jesus, when I was a kid, you know, so I, had a, I was a fucking civil servant and I did that so I could get tickets to go and see The Clash. I mean, that's there was a means to an end. I hated my fucking job. Um, but and I think there are a lot of people that do, you know, but they do it because it, it funds 
the exciting side of life. That's all I. Well, I'm. You know, I had a. I had a, I had a, I had a girlfriend that started to eat into the money. I'm going to be honest with you, but um, the. Yeah, no. You know, when I was a, when I was young, and I first had money, and obviously my mum took my keep off me. But yeah, I would. Yeah, gigs. Man, I love gigs. That standing in a room. I, I don't, you know, even now I've done. I've had some great gigs myself, and I've watched some. You know, amazing people doing fabulous stuff. But when I was a kid and I was a punter, and you went and you saw a band that you liked in a pub, I don't know if I've ever felt happier than after the second pint. Yeah, yes. Watching a really, watching a really good band yes. in a pub, second pint in. I don't know if I've ever been happier in my life than that moment. It's really strange, you know. Stephen tried to get me to come to the brewery and get drunk with him. Didn't he really? he actually, he, he tried to. Basically, it was like a really, really low scale kind of lame version of prohibition. He tried to, he tried to basically organise a two man speaking. <laughs> um, I tried to entice you with the tale of really did. Uh, me getting drunk I think in Mexico. Is, I I just I just talked about drinking in a really effusive, enthusiastic way, and you, the email you sent back was, "Please come drinking with me." <laughs> <laughs> You're just desperate for human contact. No, it's very specifically um, drunk human contact. Is what I want. <laughs> oh dear boy, James. Yeah, see yeah, when you yeah. start. When you see when you were talking about um, the pro, the voice earlier, yeah, just yeah. a few minutes ago. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know if you noticed my face, but I was I was like, that. What is he talking about, Terry Christian? And uh, no, like, right, I had okay. no idea. Is it? Is it and not I realised the voice yeah, that then? Was, that was, it's called that the voice. The I thought you were talking about the word. Uh, and I was right, thinking, the, verb. the word never did the that. Radio 4. The word never well, judged if there was ever a kind of, <laughs> If there was ever like a kind of distinction of where we're all at in our lives, it's that James was talking about the voice. <laughs> you thought he was talking about the word, and I thought he was talking about the verb, which is Ian McMillan's poetry show on Radio 4. Oh, I've never heard of that. Oh, of it's really good, man. I've been on the verb a few times. I, I've been on it the once. I, I love he, McMillan. He, uh, he's a top, top he dude. came and did to sup with a Fifa. He's the only. He's oh, the only right. guy who I changed the date for because he doesn't do weekends. So I did it on. I did it on yeah. a Friday just to get him up, and he and he did, and he was amazing. Lovely. He was absolutely. Oh amazing. no, he's fantastic. I mean, I saw him when he was um, with Circus of Poets in around about 1982, wow, I think, wow. in Basildon at an art centre. Yeah. But, tell me, Phil. Uh, I more so, importantly. Yeah, so Phil, were you ever on the word? I wasn't. I wasn't. No, that was before my time. Mark Lamar. I know Mark Lamar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Was he not? Yeah, he not I was never on the word. Mark, um. Mark and I were on a different show. <laughs> <laughs> Phil, I'm got, got to ask you. Last week, I dropped a poetry book book off. Now, I'm, I'm not going yes. to say who it was in case you didn't write, you didn't like it, or you didn't haven't read it. What did you think? No, I have. I've, I've read the whole and thing. Did you enjoy it? I've read the whole thing in like one sitting. Matt, he's just fantastic. The po- uh, what? It's, it's Jeff Hattersley. It, I want to say Hutchins. Jeff Hattersley. That was it. I knew it was a politician's name. Um, uh, the the poems that he writes about factory jobs that he hates yeah. and the people at the factory jobs and sitting in lunch with women talking about blowjobs and just oh my god, he was just. It was absolutely extraordinary, you know. Um, 
I, uh, yeah, man, I loved it. Thank you. Thank you. I'm very over much. the moon to hear you say um, that, man. I'm over the moon because I yeah. I love his poetry. I've I've I pretty much tried to get all his pamphlets, all his books that I could possibly get, and I've given that book to a lot of people over yeah. the past. He came up and did this up a few times as well. He's done two for me, in fact, and he I think he's an oh, wow. an incredible poet. His, his name's yeah. Jeff Hattersley. Yeah. If you if you're listening. Um, yeah, yeah, good. I'm delighted you enjoyed it. The, the, the one about um, uh, killing the spider with an ashtray, I think, is one of the greatest poems I've read in the last ten years. And it's just, it's a long piece, not 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 like epic long, but oh god, the structure of it and the rhythm of it, and oh god, he's he's the real deal. I love it when you're reading something. You go, yeah, this is the this stuff. is the stuff, and you just. Yeah, and the thing is, is when you're when you you're like, I was, I was like eight poems in, seven eight poems in. I'm like, this book's gold, yeah. and I felt comfortable with it. But I had to read the whole thing, so I did it all in one hit. He was just extraordinary, man. Try thank and get you. a, I can't thank try you and get enough. hold of Harmonica if you can. That's another great book of his, oh, Harmonica. Oh, okay. Or yeah. any any of his yeah, other yeah, ones, yeah. really. Um, I don't. I haven't yeah. spoken to him for a few years because of obviously, you know, what's going on. But uh, yeah, yeah. Now he was yeah, a very very real poet. I I, I felt yeah. you know yeah. I mean, yeah. the last thing he was is a sort of uh, university educated guy who's good at making words sound clever. It's 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 the opposite of that. It's just somebody who yeah. who's uh, yeah. it just comes out and it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's 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 it it was just superb, and and again, just um, I I like that kind of like sort of old school. A mate gives you a book of poems, and you know it's been a while uh, since someone sort of given me something that's had that much kind of resonance and has kind of just excited me again. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's not it's because it's particularly now, you know, being a uni and you you just look at everything in a different way and you think about creativity differently but something like that a book of uh, that hattersley book of poetry it's it's kind of affected how i look at the work now it's 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 strange but that sort of thing does, does do that anything does. your songs you know your songs chatting to steven anything the, the you know life now I, I kind of everything feels like fair game you know um strange weird broad philosophical themes being dealt with on the podcast we apologize um so we're uh, we're um we've played t- two tracks uh from the album the wide wide river uh james yorkston's new lp which is uh, well it's in the shops but it doesn't really fucking matter because you can't go to the <laughs> shops uh, but it is available and that's the key thing so um uh, do um where, what's your pre- preferred avenue of purchase for the punter who would you like them to what would you like them to do james support their local shop what the the way that most of the money goes to me is if they buy through my website that that's that's okay. the simple so answer go- but you know i've had limited runs that i've done for mono i've I signed a load of prints for mono which i think sold out Lovely. straight away i went i went Super. to dundee and signed 300 copies of it for assay records so you know, I, I do obviously. I try and help independent records stores. I, I send nicely, I send nicely. one of the test pressings over to uh, uh, Kilkenny um, for for roller yeah. coaster in Kilkenny. You know, I, I like helping them out, but <laughs> the money is best for me if you buy through my website. It's uh, I noticed okay. uh, I noticed you didn't do any for your local record store. 
There's no well, Asai were the only ones who have asked me. Uh, really, that's the uh, that's the only problem. I mean, me. He I, was mean, thinking, I meant me. I think he, Steve was thinking of a more local record I meant, store I meant, than that. I meant me, like the, the only record store in the East Nuke. Yeah, but we're doing a live show at your gig. We're doing a live ah, gig in your right. venue. I mean, yes, the place is going to be rammed. You know. <laughs> let's do, let's do an interesting cross promotional thing. Where what I'll do, I'll come down with um with my Wizard of Oz book and I'll put. <laughs> I'll put I'll put Wizard of Oz characters, stick them on the front of four. <laughs> I'll collage the front of James's album, adding characters. That's a great idea. <laughs> From Winnie the Pooh. From the Wizard From of Oz. The Pooh, surely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Stephen. That famous character from Winnie the Pooh, um, uh, Steve the Hip Hop Rabbit, as we all know, Milne's greatest creation. Um, uh, anyway, uh, we, we're going to wrap things up after. Uh, after well, uh, before we uh, get to one of James's tracks in, in, in a moment, uh, we're going to be spinning uh, Ella Mary Leather. But before we do that, we're going to uh, we're going to play three songs in a row because we've been banging on far too much. Um, Stephen. Um, Oh. A piece of music. Um, have, have you brought a piece of music along with you uh, that is somehow influenced, or you thought about when you thought about James's album? Yeah. So I brought um, a jazz record. Um, cool. And it's called. It's by Rina Rama, and the song is called Test. And the reason I brought it mm. is because it's on Caprice Records, and it was released in Sweden. Svenski. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I thought I'll bring some Swedish jazz just in case KJ is listening or any of the Swedish folk are listening. And this um, this I, is mid seventies. Um, could only only have been recorded in uh, a European um, uh, post free session. That it can only be a European jazz song. Okay, so uh, that's uh, that's going to be coming your way any moment now. Uh, sandwiched in the middle between that and Ella Mary Leather, uh, I've um, in, after listening to James album repeatedly, I, I, I just um, I kept being reminded of the American band uh, Lamb Chop, and it was just that the way that the sound sometimes in Wide Wide River, it just it, it, the the accumulation sonically of what goes on with the way the group ebbs and flows and adds and um so i, I chose up with people from nixon and so uh, you're going to be hearing some swedish jazz some lamb chop and uh, uh, um, another one from james Thank you. 
there comes a booming sound It used to come from underground From a kind of welfare state the soul Your baby of the soul Not that sweet, sweet song Let's be certain Deliberate monologue As sure as if it will fall Across you Unto you Will most certainly leave the doing The doing undone
Um, you know, um, I toured with Lamb Chop when they were promoting that album, um, Phil. I, uh, I, you, I, you may have told oh, me this yeah, before. Probably, yeah, yeah. Um, no, not very exciting. But yeah, yeah, I don't know, but I'm, I'm, I'm not, sh- I'm not entirely, but, um, how, how are, are, please don't tell me they're horrible. Oh no, my God. They were lovely. There was, thir- there was 13 <laughs> of them. Yeah, I oh, know, yeah, I know, yeah. So, yeah, 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 I yeah, mean, yeah. My, I guess my... My best, well, there's a few memories. I mean, remember we turned up at one place and somebody had bought us all socks, not just for the athletes, you understand. They'd bought them for, <laughs> for, the, for the Lamb Chop and and uh, the support band, which was us, uh, James Yoxon and the yeah. athletes. And uh, I remember once as well, we were in playing in maybe a thousand capacity theatre and I was sat right at the top of the gods, so right at the very far back of the theatre. And there was 13 yeah. lights on the stage, one spotlight for every band member. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was a lovely tour and very nice people. And, they, you know, they invited us over to stay and stuff. We never did, of course, but no, they were great guys, great yeah. guys. I am. Um, I, I, I always had these. I've always, I've always envied, you know, I had this kind of running theory that, um, that comedians are frustrated rock stars rock stars are frustrated actors and actors are frustrated comedians and so that's the circle of jealousy that feeds uh, the performing arts um and i yeah i the the one thing that i never did properly was be in a band ever i was i just it just never quite happened i was briefly in the idiot bastard band with neil innes and aid edmondson that was fun you know but it was it was, it was not it was a it wasn't a band band I'd love to have been in a band band. But when um, I played um, Manchester, uh, the last time I did the a tour of the UK, and it turns well, I think it will be the last time. But anyway, and um, I did, I did, uh, I performed up with people uh, with the She Choir of Manchester. Uh, and it was a 40 piece lady wow. choir. And we did a version of Up With People that was, and it was the closest I'd ever come to thinking, God, I wish I'd done this all my life. But just one song, one night in Manchester. Um, I don't know if I made any money. It was quite an extensive guest list that night. <laughs> you played with the Blockheads as well, though. I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. Yeah. And how many shows? Yeah, how many yeah, shows did you fun. do with them? Oh God, I did. Well, I did one UK tour with them. Uh, the, I did the thirtieth anniversary tour of New Boots and Panties. Um. Which was nice because we performed it every night in order, yeah. in the album order, which was easier to remember that way. To, I always used to think of that as sort of high end karaoke, but it was it was to be with professional musicians. I I I very much enjoy any time I've toured with people, be it you know Weller or Bragg or the House Martins, watching a working band do their thing. I used to be fa- I, you know I toured with Madness as well. I used to and they had a great kind of working gang you know they, they, they had a really good kind of vibe they know that they they're they're better than the sum of their parts as it were you know and and you know i i used to love being around that atmosphere always a great i felt it was a great it's a if i was a, there's a few regrets and the career one is that i didn't do music yeah wish i'd done that very jealous of you james always have been always will be that and your wordsmithery Marvellous stuff. And I wish I could brew beer, but that's another question for another time. But anyway. Uh, yeah. That's very gracious of you, Phil. I mean, I wouldn't be too, I wouldn't be too, um, I wouldn't be down on yourself. 
I'm not going to say anything which is going to sound patronising, but you've done reasonably well yourself, you know. Oh yeah, no, 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 I can't. No, I've had a lovely, I've had a lovely time. But it's like there's there's that when you, when I was on stage with that choir, I'm like I could have been doing this if had I chosen a different path. Yeah. When you're there in that moment, it's a bit. When I was in West End musicals, you know, you're on stage in a red dress, singing singing a song. You've got big tits in front of you, and you're dancing around, and you're a woman on stage in a musical in a long dress looking glamorous when was that ever in the cards it's 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 you suddenly think wow this is strange yeah, yeah. <laughs> this could have been my whole life rather than just three months of it you know i noticed um, that um james was saying yes like he knew what it was like to be dressed as a woman in the west end musical james is dressed as a woman you can't tell me especially <laughs> in the west end there was a time he wasn't signed to domino Stephen, and we were there. <laughs> Ah, uh, there are the years. <laughs> you do what you can for the money. Do what you can for the money. <laughs> oh dear. Um, James, see, see how we're talking about your album. Yeah. Can I ask, um, do you have any favourites off the album? My favourite song on it is uh, We Test the Beams. Which is the closing track of the album? It's the closing correct? track of the album, yeah. And it's my favourite. It's, yeah. it's one of my favourite ever songs that I've written. And, uh, wow. And, uh, big words. Yeah, it's big words. But Tell us more. Tell us more. It's Why? just... Hell? It's, you get to a certain age or I get to a certain age and um, my friends get fewer and fewer and they live further and further away except for you two bozos and it's about not really seeing them <laughs> friends not really seeing them but at the same time when you do there's something very special there you know and we all realise that we don't fit in we don't fit in with society at all a lot of them don't have jobs. A lot of them don't have real jobs. They're nutters or whatever they are, you know. And the we test the beams thing is the, you know, will, will the beams hold my weight, you know. it It's, mm. but that's, it's so it's a kind of a song to them. But it, it's, yeah, I, I just, I'm very happy with the melody and, and just the feel behind it, you know. So, yeah. No, I know. I'm this is you know um not being absurd here but i i did i did a life drawing class yesterday and uh the the drawing that i finish with i keep looking at right because i'm like i didn't draw that i keep looking at it and it's the best thing i've ever drawn i drew a lady yesterday and i think it's the best thing i've ever drawn and you know i'm someone that has made a living from drawing since i was 18 years old and to be looking at a drawing and think I'm never I don't think I can better that there was just something about it the touch the line and so I know what it means when you can come to a point and look at something and go that's the best thing I've ever done that's a very kind of arts thing to do I think that it's to 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 sort of achieve something that feeds the inner animus is 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 difficult to kind of quantify and explain to muggles but yeah 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 yeah, but anyway, so I think that that we uh, we test the beams would be a good um, track to finish the podcast on. Um, Stephen, closing thoughts about James's album? Um, yeah, I just don't know if it's called life drawing, if it's just you sitting in the street and um, drawing people as they get changed in their house. I, I, <laughs> They're living I, their life. I think I, I that what could be more life than that? That's and drawing somebody feeding their inner animus, I think <laughs> you just. 
what I love what I love is that Stephen now actually thinks that Anonymous he's thinking of Anonymous now and I tell everyone out there that's listening that what he is thinking of is a pangolin but he thinks oh. that that is called an Animus have you seen the documentary yeah, about the pangolins like it's the animal that looks like it's made of plectrums no, but have, you, have you seen the, the documentary about the pangolins <laughs> Pang- <laughs> it's amazing <laughs> There's a woman. There's one called. It's called no, no, pangolins no, and me. Well, you should really, honestly, pangolins, pangolins are, are incredible mate. creatures. Yeah. This is this is something that's that's and what a lot of people know is is that James rarely uses plectrums, but when he does, it is a pangolin scale. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think we're going to finish this podcast mainly because this this, this, this uh, Zoom meeting only has two minutes left. So that that's yes, yeah, quite right too. Reason. Let's stop this nonsense. Phil, thank you very much for um, being a guest as ever. Thanks, man. Um, good luck with the album, James. Very, very good luck to you, sir. It is a beautiful piece of work, and you should be justifiably proud. And please say a hearty tack to our Swedish pals. Thank you, and thank you, Stephen, as well. Thanks for coming on and sharing your thoughts about pangolins and (laughs) watching through people's windows as they get dressed. (laughs) Yeah, the thing is, I'm not very good at drawing, so (laughs) I just just watch. everybody (laughs) bye everyone together thrice a year to talk about life from the outside from the inside mm-hmm. we are carrying in hiding we are carrying Time here is done For we test the beast We test the beast The strength of the beast Other cruelty of the And I saw you crying once you'd been backed into a doorway By the strength of my concern Crouching in the snow 
like a leper wounded we are carrying in hiding we are carrying and for three to one and our time here is done For we test the beast We test the beast The strength of the beast Are the cruelty of the human La-da, la-da Love